Welcome to the Should Have Bet More podcast presented by Go Boys. Coming up on the show, Jeff Parles from Sports by the Book. We will discuss the Super Bowl, maybe get into a little baseball with him. He's a big Mets fan, so start to turn the page a little bit uh, as we get here into February, a week away from the game, less than a week. And uh, yesterday is always a weird day. That first Sunday without football is always a bit of a strange day. There's a void. We all have our routines, our rituals every Sunday during football season. And you wake up on a Sunday and you don't have a game. It's definitely strange. So in a lot of ways, uh, the day of the AFC title game, the NFC title game, that's the last day of normal Sunday or normal football. And then it's uh, then you turn the page to some other things. So uh, I've talked about this game a little bit. I haven't given a pick. I've talked about how I'm conflicted. And I think I'm ready to pick the Chiefs and take the two, two and a half. There are some two and a halves out there. Make sure you get the best number. I don't think we'll get a three here. I'd uh, be very, very, very surprised if we got a three. And to me, it just comes down to what you weigh more. Do you weigh the 18 game regular season where the 49ers were the better team and clearly the better team? Or do you look at the last month and say, hey, the Chiefs have been the better team over that course of time and the Chiefs just pace themselves? The Chiefs have been in the, you know, the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, where the regular season doesn't mean as much for them. Not that they are playing possum, but. There's just an extra gear they have. And I think we've seen that from the Chiefs. And you combine that with the 49ers who, let's face it, they haven't played a good game in over a month. I mean, they got buried on Christmas night against the Ravens. And you say, oh, it's a one-off, it's a fluke. But since then, they haven't done anything to reassure you where they played the next week against Washington. I mean, it's the Commanders, one of the worst teams in the league. And even that game was 10-10 in the second half, I believe. And then they rest their guys against the Rams, a game they lost, throw that game out. And each game in the playoffs, they could have lost, probably should have lost. Their defense has been awful. Purdy, who I like as a player, has been shaky. Uh, Shanahan, the coach, is, but gets tight. They don't have a great kicker. And this game, if it comes down to a kick, that's a huge advantage for the Chiefs. Bucker's been there. He's made big kicks. He's got a huge leg. Moody's been very spotty. So to me, this is a, a bit of a toss-up game, and I'll just take the two, two and a half. I'd be shocked if anyone wins this game by two, three scores. I think this will be a close game. I, I don't see anybody winning by double digits. I think eight minutes ago, five minutes ago, this is anybody's game. And in that case, give me Mahomes. Give me the best player at the most important position. Give me the guy who's been there before. Give me the better coach, the more experienced coach in these spots. Let's face it, Shanahan's had a, a reputation now for gagging games away, whether it's offensive coordinator with the Falcons. They had a 10-point lead with the ball in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs in this spot four years ago. The Rams game in the NFC title game two years ago he got very tight, got very tight before the half against Green Bay. I and mean, he just he gets very conservative in these spots. He really does. And if Detroit just makes a kick, goes for it, uh, goes for the field goal, Reynolds catches a ball. This is going to be the Lions in this game and not the 49ers. So I'm taking the Chiefs here. I, I think this is going to be a very competitive game. I just I hate everything I've seen from the 49ers. And throwing Spagnolo too as a defensive coordinator. I mean, Spagnolo's a great, great defensive coordinator. Did it with the Giants. Has done it with the Chiefs. Remember, he was not there the first year Mahomes started. It was Bob Sutton. It was not Spagnolo. And as soon as they got Spagnolo, what did they do? They won a Super Bowl, and won another one, and, and could have won a third or maybe even a fourth. I mean, this has really just been an incredible run by Mahomes and by the Chiefs. So. I'm excited. We're, we're less than a week away. It should be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game too. I don't see. I know the 49ers. Uh, I, I know the Chiefs are an under team, but the 49ers to me, they're bad defensively and they have enough weapons where they're going to move the ball against anybody. I can't see a scenario where next Monday we're sitting here and it was, oh, wow, the 49ers offense didn't show up. They only scored 
10 points or 13 points. The 49ers are going to get into the 20s, I would think. Mid-20s, high-20s, if not more, against pretty much everyone. There's just too many weapons. Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, uh, Ayuk. They're just so loaded on offense that they're going to move the ball. They're going to score their points. I mentioned a couple weeks ago I did like Debo. If you like the 49ers in the game, and look, I, I don't have a ton of conviction. I'm going to pick the Chiefs just because you have to pick somebody. If if you do like the 49ers, I think Debo is a good sleeper for MVP. 20-1, to 1, there's a 30-1 to 1 at Fanatics. If you like the Chiefs, I can't see getting cute. I can't see anyone other than Mahomes winning this award. Remember the Chiefs 49ers first Super Bowl. Damian Williams, the running back for the Chiefs, had three touchdowns. Mahomes still got the MVP. And I think Mahomes threw one, if not two, interceptions uh, in that ballgame. So to me, if the Chiefs win, it's going to be Mahomes. Don't get cute trying to bet Chiefs MVP, uh, trying to bet uh, you know another Chief to win MVP. And don't even bother betting Mahomes MVP. Just take the Chiefs on the money line because they pretty much they're a match, and there's no scenario where the Chiefs lose this game, but Mahomes still gets the MVP. I know that's happened in the past, but that's one I don't think will ever happen again where a losing player gets MVP. If you're thinking, hey, let me take Mahomes. Even if he doesn't win, he's got a shot to win MVP. I'd be shocked. I I think those days are gone. I I don't think in any of these sports, I don't see a losing player ever winning MVP. LeBron against the Warriors, if there was ever going to be a scenario, that first finals in 2015, LeBron was clearly the best player in the series. I think he averaged over a triple-double. And he got some votes. I actually thought he should have gotten it. But if he's not going to get it, we're never going to see that again, I don't think, where a losing player gets it. So don't get cute if you like the Chiefs. Just take the Chiefs on the money line. Don't pick. Like, I guess Kelsey could win it, I guess. But to me, at 12-1, to it's not enough bang for your buck. If Kelsey has a big day, then Mahomes has a big day, and they're going to give it to Mahomes. So this is primarily a quarterback award, but it's not exclusively a quarterback award like it is in the regular season MVP. So if the 49ers win, McCaffrey could win it. Debo could win it. I know in tight ends never won it. I guess Kittle could win it. I could see enough. There's enough Purdy critics, enough Purdy haters where if the 49ers win it, they could give somebody else the credit and give somebody else this award. Remember, Edelman won this award five years ago. Cooper Cup won this award five, uh, two years ago. So receivers have won it t- twice out of the last five years. So it is possible. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I'm going to take the two points, two and a half. Uh, it is two and a half. You look at FanDuel and you look at Fanatics. There's some twos. There's some two and a halves. Who knows? The 49ers could win this game. No, 30 to 28 and cover, but not win. So to me, toss up game. I'll take the two and a half. I'll give a final score at the end of the week. And uh, we'll talk more about this game next. We'll get into some baseball. We'll go do a little uh, around the globe in terms of the sports. Jeff Parles, haven't talked to him in a while. So excited to talk to him. That is next. This is the Should Have Bet More podcast. All right, we are back. Should Have Bet More podcast. Excited for our next guest. Talk a little Super Bowl. Maybe we'll talk a little baseball from sports by the book. It is Jeff Parles. Jeffrey, it's been a while, man. What's going on? Oh, Will, it's a pleasure, man. It's great to be with you. Uh, You know, it's a good time of year. We got, uh, of course, uh, there's some football game that's being played here in Vegas uh, soon. That's a little bit important. College hoops in full swing, and uh, hey, we're two months away from uh, a little less than two months away from uh, opening day in baseball, which uh, kind of float under the radar a little bit. Our guy, yes, it certainly has. You look up, and that's the thing with the extra week of the regular season in football. Now everything is pushed back, and that lull between the end of the Super Bowl and really, I think conference tournaments in March Madness that's the lull because once the conference tournament starts you're in good shape but that lull that gap is a little shorter now where the Super Bowl ends you're right at Valentine's Day you look up all right you got two weeks to kill before you know it it's March 1st and that's where the t- the conference tournaments are you know starting or right around the corner uh we'll start with the Super Bowl this is a very tricky handicap for me I've been saying it for, for a couple of weeks now 
if you value week one through 18, September through December, the 49ers are four or five point favorites. This is a, a short line. If you look at the last month, the Chiefs are the better team. Maybe the Chiefs should be favored. Where do you come down here, Chiefs and 49ers? So it's interesting. We just uh, wrapped up a show here at the South Point studio where uh, I had a uh, John Jansen who does radio in Philadelphia on. And it's like, look, if we're going, it's kind of what you said. The Niners have been power rated basically number one or number two all year long. And I don't know many people on San Francisco this week. It feels like it's a one-way train on Kansas City where, yeah, it's the Chiefs have looked like a totally different team in these three playoff games where, look, I'm not the biggest, b- biggest true football analytics guy, but I respect Aaron Schatz and I respect DVOA. And Kansas City's two best DVOA games were the last two weeks. So – Talk about peaking at the right time. That's what Kansas City is doing right now. And you're getting Patrick Mahomes as an underdog for the third consecutive game. So it just – I have to trust what my eyes are telling me these last few weeks, where the Niners were fortunate to beat Green Bay. They were extraordinarily fortunate to beat Detroit. And Kansas City in these playoff wins, yeah, they were technically two one-score games the last two weeks. But if you look at the box score, they were way better than Buffalo in that game. That game was only close because of time of possession and because Miko Hardman fumbled when they could have put the game away. And the Baltimore game, look, they didn't even have to do anything on the set in the second half on offense. They did nothing. They still won the game against arguably the best team in the NFL all year. So, look, I lean to Kansas City. I'm getting a plus price with Mahomes. It's very hard for me to pass up. And again, it, we, we talk about quarterback matchups, Will. I would say, is it safe to say that Nick Foles beating Tom Brady is the biggest quarterback-related upset we have seen since the turn of the millennium for sure? And maybe even, hell, maybe even since the 80s, basically. Like, it doesn't happen very often when you have such a quarterback mismatch like this that the worst quarterback pulls the upset, but the worst court, the team with the worst quarterback is favored in this game. So it's it's such a bizarre handicap. I, I am going to end up betting Kansas City at the plus price. It's just too hard for me to pass up. I also, I will say, I'm not a hedging guy. I have a 10, my, my wife and I have a 10 to 1 on Kansas City pre-playoffs. There's no reason for me to hedge it. I really do feel pretty confident. I know some people probably yell at me, hey, you should hedge it. You're getting a short money line. I just like Kansas City more, and I'm getting, I have an opportunity to pile more as an underdog with the best quarterback on planet earth. Yeah. The hedging thing is always tough because people, you know, ask us, I'm sure you get that question all the time. I have this ticket. Should I hedge? There's so many questions. There's so many variables. How much is the ticket worth? You know, how much, how much do you need the money? How much, what side do you like? You know, if you bet 50 bucks on it, 10 to one, I mean, uh, do you really want to, do you really need to hedge? Is there a chance in a middle? So to me, there's so many moving parts, but yeah, go ahead. No, you don't need to that little. Like if I had, let's say I had the 5,000 on it. All right. right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That's a lot of money. If you want to hedge out a portion of it, that that makes sense. But for me, like just the way I operate, like I, if it's anything, especially if it's less than a hundred, it's very hard for me to justify uh, hedging. Uh, Once you get it, like if you're, and again, I'm 5,000 on the future and it's just not how I roll. But if you would like five, if you bet Kansas city pre-tournament five, 5,000 at 10 to one. Yeah. I think I would take a small piece on San Francisco to at least lock in a little bit of a profit. But again, smaller numbers, I don't, I don't, I don't almost ever hedge, Will. Because you're from you're from Long Island, right? Is that where you're from? 
Oh, that's where I was born. Uh, okay. I grew up in New Jersey. But there you go. That makes it even better. That's that adds to my yeah. point. That's why people from Jersey yeah. don't hedge. I mean, you're from Jersey. Come yeah, there you on. go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, did you have any? We'll get some props here. Did you have a major problem with anything Campbell did last week? Uh, so four pivot points in the game, right? There were four of them. End of the first half, no problem with them kicking. You don't have the built-in advantage of Agreed. pinning them back if you don't get it. Uh, the first fourth down in the second half, absolutely no problem with it. I don't think San Francisco comes back from 21 down. You could make the argument that they may not come back from 17 down, but at that point, if it's three touchdowns, I just don't – San Francisco has to play perfect at that point if it's three touchdowns. And, look, they called the play where if Josh Reynolds just catches the football, we're not even having the discussion. Like, they ran the right play. The throw was slightly behind him, but an NFL wide receiver needs to make that play. The third one is where it gets a little bit tricky. I get why Campbell did it. He did clearly didn't think his defense was capable of getting a stop at that point, and he wanted the lead, and maybe at that point Purdy shrivels under the pressure if they're down four as opposed to being tied. Badgley's a bad outdoor kicker. I would have kicked, personally. It's important to get that game tied at that point where – all right, if the Niners the Niners go down and get a touchdown, you're down seven with, let's say, two and a half minutes to go like they ended up being. You get to come down and get a touchdown. All right, maybe Campbell goes for the win and goes for two in that spot. Uh, so uh, no problem with that. But the, the worst one was what happened at the end. You can't run the ball on third down. And if you do, you have to be like, all right, we're calling two plays in the huddle. We're running the ball, and then we're going right into the fourth down play. Timeouts are more important than timeouts are the most important thing at that point, other than points. Where if he, let's say they ran it, they get stopped like they do, they scored a touchdown with 30 seconds, but they have all three timeouts as opposed 100%. to 252. All right, you know what? You force a three and out. All right, you get the ball back with 10 seconds, but you have a shot. You have a shot at that point. You had no shot at that point when you take the timeout, even if you score. You didn't. You weren't getting the ball back even with 52 seconds. You needed a four percent play on the onside kick. That was the only thing that was totally and utterly egregious. But look, it's Campbell. It's very funny what has happened here, where Dan Campbell is now the quote unquote poster child of analytics to some in the media, which is just a joke. It's a joke, in all honesty. Will uh, he, he did what he did all year? He was aggressive. He knew he had a really good offense and a really bad defense, and he stayed true to himself. And in the end. Well, it, it, the same thing as um, if uh, for for sports betting, like it's what about a fifty about a a fifth? I would say on a fourth down conversion, about a fifty-two percent play. It's pretty similar to what we're doing, laying minus one ten every single day. So I, I don't. I in the end, he stayed true to himself. The only one that was egregious to me was the the fourth one, which is the one that people don't really even. Some people are getting on it properly. Ross Tucker, I'll give credit, got on it properly. But there are a lot of people that just missed that. It's like that's the thing that lost them the game in the end more than anything. Uh, agree with everything you said. You can't burn the time out there. The only one I've changed my mind a little bit where I didn't have a major problem at the moment, but then the more I thought about it and, try, and not playing the result because, like you said, he was open. Boy, if you could have – look, I, it drives me nuts when I say people say take the three. The three is not automatic. But if you could have made that a 17-point game, you took the air out of the third quarter, 49ers just kicked the field goal down 17, you matched it. 
And now you're six minutes left in the third quarter. You're up 17. The 49ers basically have to pitch a perfect game from that point to win. The three scores is so big. That's one where I was like, man, 45 in pretty perfect condition, in pretty good conditions there. I know it's outdoors, but you got to be able to make that kick. And if you're up 17, you're probably going to the Super Bowl. That's one where, man, I, I would have liked to get the three score lead. I'm, I wonder if you gave him true serum if you do that over again. Look, there's arguments. There's arguments for all this, Will. Uh, you can. You can say it. You can say what you said. I don't. I don't. Hate, I wouldn't have hated the field goal, but I at that point, you're even though getting to three possessions was important. I think if you get to twenty one, that game is completely done. Right. There's no way to deny. Like you're 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 probably right. They probably would have had to pitch a no hitter. They would have had to have pitched the perfect game. Yeah. In that spot, if they are down twenty one as opposed to seventeen, and yeah. of course fourteen. And again, look, it just it, when it when it's all said and done for Detroit. Your defense needed to make at least one play in the second half. And they should have made it. That's the other thing. The Niners, in order to get back in that game, needed a one-in-one million shot on the Ayuk play. Sure. Where that ball was underthrown, hits a dude in the helmet, still should have been intercepted, and ends up being a 45-yard play. Like, the Niners legitimately needed a one-in-a-million shot play in order to win that game on top of everything else that happened. Yeah, and once you got the Ayuk play with the Gibbs, that sequence, oh, that fumble, you knew it was over. That, that, that parlay, you knew that it was trouble. You knew it was, you over. Knew it was a lot of trouble. Any props you like in this game? Uh, I, 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 there's a few ways I'm looking at this real quick, Will. Where I, so I have a sixty to one pre NFC title game future on Debo to win the MVP of the game, which is really the biggest Niner related bet that I have. Uh, just because I thought that number was going to come about 30, 25 to one, which is basically what the market is. There's some forties on that. Uh, so I'm betting Debo props to correlate to, to that Debo over rushing Debo over receiving uh, Debo over receptions. Uh, I really do think if the Niners are going to win this game, even with the struggles, Kansas city's run game has had, they're going to need a big game from Debo or Ayuk, one of the two of them. So I don't mind playing either or on the props on the Kansas city side. I'm attacking Isaiah Pacheco. I, the way that I think this game flow is going to go is I think Kansas City is going to get out early and are going to be able to take the air out of the football in the second half. So Pacheco over rushing attempts, Pacheco over rushing. Uh, a matchup against McCaffrey, it's mostly 23 and a half yards. I'm getting on the ground with Pacheco against McCaffrey. I, I, that's, that's, that's actually the one I like the most. Uh, personally, I know that it's a dangerous game if the game flow gets screwy. But I, I like that. I, I'm on Pacheco props uh, more so than anything on the Kansas City side, Will. Totally with you on Debo. I think that I thought that number was crazy. I think he's very live. San Francisco wins this game. He could easy because he can get the rushing yards, uh, which you detach from the quarterback. There's enough Purdy divisiveness where not everyone it's not automatically going to go to Purdy. Like if you like the Chiefs, I can't see it not going to Mahomes. I guess you can make a case for Kelsey. But... I, it's either him or Kelsey. Those are the only two options on yeah. KC's. And if Kelsey has a big day, Mahomes has a big day. I just think Mahomes Correct. is so popular. There's the narrative that it's not even a narrative, it's a true that he carries his team. So very unlikely that anyone other than Mahomes wins it. Uh, any feel for the total here? Forty-seven and a half. So, so I thought it was right the whole way. Uh, okay. I probably leaned. I probably leaned to the under, but it. Hey, well, the Niner defense really has not played well. Terrible. Six so I, it would not shock me if can. So I thought the Buffalo Kansas City game was going to be an under, and it ended up landing me fifty-one too. and going over. Like if you told me this game landed twenty-eight twenty-four, wouldn't shock me. Yeah, so, and I mean, this game landed 20, 24, 17 and it goes under, it wouldn't shock me. I thought that total was about right. Yep. I, uh, I, I agree with you. Anything else on this game? Uh, let, let me give you this scenario. 
Yeah. Early in the game, it's the 49ers have the ball. It's fourth and two from the plus 30. So they can kick a field goal with Moody or they can go for it fourth and two, fourth and three. What does Shanahan do? I, I think you know the answer to that already. He's kicking. He's he's, kicking. He, he's a major concern. He's, Him he's, and the kicker, both major concerns. He gets so tight in these games. What he did before the first half, uh, at the end of the first half of the Green Bay was game was totally ridiculous. He gets tight in these spots. So you think he's kicking. I think he probably is too. Oh, I, I look, he, he is he is the tightest playoff coach for a guy in the regular season who seems again, I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I think look the proof is in the pudding at this point. Look what the Niners were. It's very funny with the Niners this millennium, where they were awful. Then Harbaugh comes in and they're immediately a Super Bowl contender with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Right. Now with with Shanahan, that first year they had a, a huge mess, and, and then the pandemic year, everyone got hurt, so you can't really take anything from that 2020 season. But when they've stayed healthy, I mean, with quarter with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy as his quarterbacks, here they are, totally, and uh, here they are in, in in two Super Bowls in in, in five years. So Shanahan is an amazing coach, but you're right. Just in these big circumstances, we saw it in the freaking 28-3 game where this that's where it all stems from, where he got too aggressive up yes. big in that game. So now it's countered the other way, so he's too conservative in these big games. Uh, it is – it is. look, I, if it's a fourth and three plus 30 early in the game, you know he's kicking. You know he's kicking. And Moody stinks. That's the other thing. Like – if they had Robbie Gold still, who of yes. course I still don't know how Robbie Gold ended up on no teams this year. Incredible. Uh, it, I would feel all right, whatever. You know, it's going to be three automatic indoors with Gold. Moody stinks. He's an average kicker at this point. Uh, so I, it's pretty funny that the Niners still probably had the kicking advantage in the two playoff games that they had with Badgley and 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 Carlson in an age where kickers don't miss, and we've managed to find three kickers that miss a lot uh, with those three in the NFC Niner games. But, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely kicking in that sort of scenario. Yeah, and he got tight two years ago against the Rams. Remember he had like a fourth and one or fourth and two in plus territory where the 49ers had a chance to put that game away against the Rams in, in L.A., and he punted it. And even Aikman, who's a very conservative now, she's like, wow, I can't believe he's punting it here. And then that, that flipped the game. The Rams end up winning. It's it very tight. Yeah. No, it just just the nature of the beast at this point, just the, the overcompensation for what happened in 28-3. Anything else on this game? Any other player props you're looking at? Well, I, look, I, again, as always, just like if I'm going to bet some unders when it gets closer to the game. It's just a matter of how these numbers move more so than anything for me. I've been asking all my guests this. What's on the menu snack-wise for the Super Bowl? What kind of, What's your go-to here for the Super Bowl? Great question uh, because I don't know where I'll be yet. Uh, what do you mean? More like no, I don't know. There's, there's three. There's about three options at this point. What are one the options? Like, Let's talk it out. One of, one of them is here at the South Point. We have okay. the the, uh, the parties upstairs, which are free access. Um, one of them is one potential is my couch, as always, Will, which I usually like l- watching big games at home. Even though I will say this is a broadcast, I don't really care if I don't hear because uh, I just can't do it with Romo anymore. It's just so so bad. Um, it's tough though. You want to know if they say something strange or if they, cause it's the Super Bowl. It, it, for con, I feel like for content purposes, I want to know what they're saying. If they say anything, you know, yeah. outrageous or egregious, but I'm with you. And then, and then the third is, I mean, look, we're in the city with the game. It could end up with, at, at, who knows? Maybe, maybe luck, luck helps me. And with the people that, that are in town this week, maybe two tickets fall my way. I doubt it. Uh, but because oh, I don't wow. have 20 grand, 
I don't have 20 grand sitting around, Will, but uh, maybe some some luck happens. Doubted, but uh, but more likely than not, I'll probably if I'm watching it if I'm watching here. Whatever the fair upstairs will end up being will, will be my fair. If I'm at home, the best food on Super Bowl Sunday since moving to Vegas, I had. Have you been to Yardbird at the Venetian? I think I had been. It was pretty good. Great fried chicken. Great fried chicken there. Uh, they do a Super Bowl platter usually that in the past was affordable. I don't know if it's affordable now because everything's jacked up price wise, especially sure. here. Uh, get fried the, the big the, the platter that we usually eat probably over three days, get some fried chicken, get some mac and cheese, some fries. It's really, really damn good. Okay. So maybe that will be in the works. Um, but, uh, I, you know, growing up, it was, it was, it was basically just your traditional, your traditional fare uh, with, with chicken wings and, and, and uh, the mini hot dogs back in the pigs in the blanket. That, that was the growing up fare more than anything. Well, very good answer. Very, very good answer. I think, um, all right, let's get some. I haven't talked baseball on this podcast yet. I've only Please. been doing this for a month or so. You're a big Mets fan. How many wins for the Mets? I have no idea. It's been okay. a very weird offseason, man. I, it just has been where you knew Otani wasn't coming. You know, I, I always, again, I, there was a pipe dream. I always thought Otani was staying on the West Coast. He gets the, uh, he gets the big contract, and then the circumvention of the luxury tax annoys me still. But whatever, it's not against the rules. Uh, I really did think they were going to get Yamamoto. I really did, but they don't. Whatever, Dodgers are. The, Otani's there. They can give them all the money that Otani deferred. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, but I really, I, none of them. They, they've done nothing to really improve the team. That's really what it is. It's small auxiliary pieces. I think it's insane that they haven't gone after Jorge Soler, who seems to be available for cheap. And the, the DH position was a black hole for them last year. You know, with Solaire, like he's hitting 25 homers, even in his bad year. And that's going to, ha- that would help them immensely. I don't get why they did have, even either that or JD Martinez, even with Martinez kind of found himself again in LA. Very strange uh, this offseason for them. Uh, I love, I love Sanga. I, I think Sanga is going to be a legitimate ace this year. And, and I don't think you can discount how big it is to get Diaz back. Part of the reason last year imploded, even though Robertson was pretty good until the Met, they traded him. He's obviously awful in Miami. But not having, moving everyone back a role in that bullpen and putting guys who shouldn't have been in important positions really hurt them last year. And of course, it didn't help that the best closer in baseball didn't bench at all last year. So I do think getting Diaz back, and I know the analytics always they say year-to-year thing on, on, on relief pitching. When you have a guy who's at the top of the league, it doesn't matter. His ba- Assuming he doesn't regress into 2019 Diaz again, which I don't think is ever happening again for him. I think there's just a one-off disaster. You can have a bullpen where you shorten the games. And look, the National League, the Braves are really good. The Phillies are good. I think the Phillies are probably – Always going to be with this group between an 86 and 92 win team at this rate for them. Uh, I don't think, I think the Marlins being better last year was a little bit of an aberration. I, I just don't see that being sustainable. Um, the Nats still are terrible. Um, getting better though. Got, getting better though, I think, Washington. because Sure, they made, but they're still maxing yeah. at 75. Sure. Yeah. They're not a threat. Uh, the NL Central is terrible. I, I mean, 
to me, the Cubs are the only reasonable team in that division. Sure, the Cardinals could bounce back, but I still don't think they're any good. And then you look at the West. I Red, Reds might guys, be Reds might be getting better. I think the, I like the Reds. Better. Ashcraft, Green, and Lodol, if they can yeah. keep those guys healthy with uh, – healthy. Yeah. They, they, that's the problem with those three. Like, those guys, I don't know if they're capable – if they can get two of those guys to get the whole year, then then they're then they have a shot. And in the NL West, I mean, look, the Dodgers are going to win 105-plus. The Padres are going – the Padres – it's weird because the Padres roster is obviously worse, but they had such horrible luck in extra inning and one run games last year that even though the roster is worse. And of course, Soto's now with the Yankees, maybe they regress to the positive because they'll get better in one run games and they still have enough talent to win 86, 87 games, which might be enough to get in the wild card. Rockies are the worst team in baseball or other than the A's diamondbacks. I think will regret. will will I think they'll regress. I really do. I just don't think that team is that good. I think that was a total fluke what happened in the postseason a year ago. And the Giants have had a, as weird of an offseason as the Mets have. So, yeah, and look, the argument for me at this point is just get in the damn tournament. You get in the tournament, you can do – as has been proven in this, this, this two-year run in the NL with the six playoff teams, you just have to be there. You get there, you can beat anyone. It doesn't matter if the Dodgers win 111 games. You can beat them in the best of five. It doesn't matter if the Braves own the Mets in the regular season. You can beat them in the best of five. So for me, the whole goal is just get to the tournament. Do I think they're good enough to get there? Yeah, I do. Because I just don't think there's enough strength at the top of the NL. So Mets over under 82 and a half wins. One word answer. How many wins do they have? Yeah, over over on 82 and a half. I, I think they are, assuming they don't trade Pete Alonso in the next month, which I don't think I, they will. Stearns hasn't the fact that Stearns hasn't extended him scares me because I'm and he's undervalued first base his entire time in Milwaukee as well as a, as, a, as the personnel guy Pete I don't care that his defense is I, I don't think he's even a minus on defense I think he's just average on defense you can't willingly let a guy who's going to hit 40 home runs in a pitcher's park every year walk so that's the biggest thing for this year, even more so than making a run by accident. Pete's got to be here long term. And I'm still concerned about that. But 82 and a half, I mean, everything went all wrong last year. Well, everything that possibly could have went wrong went wrong. This is still a team that won 100 plus games two years ago. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're that, but you have a good year. 90, 90 wins is in play for this team. They should be able to be at least an 85 win team. 82 and a half seems low, man. I'd go over. I don't know if uh, that pitching, the division's pretty good. You did get something out of Scherzer, a little something out of Verlander. We're not, now that's nothing that's replaced. Like that, the, their rotation is really shaky. Um, hey, look, I, I think Senga is going to be a top five pitcher in the NL this year. I but really what's do. behind him, though? No, well, that's 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 the question. And again, with with the variation of what starting uh, ball pitching can be year to year, you just need look. I, Maybe Jose Quintana actually looks like he did before he got hurt. Uh, like maybe you get a good year out of Quintana. I, I, they, 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 there can be randomness enough. Sure. That you can get the 84. I mean, look, well, there's always two, three teams every year that are winning 83 games that really aren't any good. So uh, I, I, I do think you can go over. You can get 85 wins feels right for this team. Uh, Yankees with Soto. Is that a legitimate World Series contender can actually win the whole thing kind of team? Yeah, I, I think they are. I think the question with them is, is they're pitching still. So if they, if their pitching holds up, and it's health-wise also, look, we know Garrett Cole is going to be good uh, in the regular season. We know that. But if their starting pitching can hold up behind him, 
because again, who the hell knows what we're getting out of Rodon at this point? We have no clue. Key to no the clue. team to I, me, that's Rodon. Yeah, if Rodon is good and turns out to be a legitimate number two, I mean, you have as good of a one-two punch in the American League as there is at this point. If Rodon ends up being what he was before that calamity he had last year, obviously he dealt with injuries, but he was awful when he even was healthy. Um, that lineup is really good. And the fact that you have Judge and Soto, to me, Juan Soto, Juan Soto was quote-unquote bad last year, and his numbers were still great. So with that porch and that ballpark, he should be able to – I wouldn't be shocked if Juan Soto wins the AL MVP going away this year. I wouldn't be shocked going into – in a contract year, in that ballpark, would not shock me one bit that Soto ends up being the best player in baseball, period, this year. Uh, look, the, the problem that I have with them, like I said, they're pitching. And again, they'll be in the tournament, so the randomness could work out for them. The Astros are clearly better, and the Astros fortified a weakness to me. Their back end of the bullpen with getting hater – that back end of the bullpen is awesome now. Uh, so that's something I wanted to see Houston approve. They did. The Orioles, Kurt Corbin, Burns trade came out of nowhere. Damn. And look, now that the Orioles have an ownership that seemed to be willing to spend some money instead of the Angelos, uh, that is going to be a very fascinating thing moving forward with them, where they have all this young talent. Of course, obviously, they were a year early last year and then a disaster in the playoffs. Uh, to me, it's Houston, Baltimore, the Yankees, and the Rangers. Those are the only four. And again, baseball could happen and we could get some ridiculousness. But if it's not one of those four teams making the World Series, I would be very surprised this year, Will. And the Yankees are, look, I, with that lineup, and, and that, it, yes, it's a little top-heavy, but with those dudes, they're as good as anyone if they get the proper starting pitching behind Garrett Cole. I think that's a big if. I, I agree with everything you sure said about is. the lineup. It's just I, I don't trust Strowman in a big spot or to stay healthy and Rodon, even Cortez. I think Rodon's the key, and you could throw Cortez in there too. You need one of those guys to pitch at an all-star, borderline all-star level. Then you're talking. You need them. You need them not only to hold up to be, but and to be healthy, but to be effective for sixth and then a seventh month through October. That's that's a lot to ask. I know Yamamoto went for a lot of money. I would have liked to get Yamamoto. I mean, you're talking about missing out on him for a couple million bucks a year. I know that he got over. Uh, paid, so to speak, but man, what would have liked one more arm? I don't know that Snell is going to happen. I don't know that I want Snell to happen, but seems like they're missing an arm. Would you go over under 93 and a half with them? I thought that number was pretty spot on, Will. Great. I thought it was right. I probably, just because it's such a big number, I probably lean to the under. Me but too. Plus, if Cole or Judge misses a month, I mean, we could sit well, here and, and look at the, the team thing. in full. Judge, yeah. Judge could miss a month and then it gets really dicey and you don't have. It's going to be roster lineup construction is going to be very important for Aaron Boone this year Oof. because I look, I, I still you mean Brian Cashman. Uh, yeah, look, whatever. Cashman's Cashman's never getting fired. I think we have to accept that at this point. But the fact that they kept Boone was beyond insane to me. Um, but lineup construction is going to be really important for them. Where I would personally, I would bat Juan Soto ahead of Aaron Judge personally. I would rather have Soto in that ballpark have the protection behind him as opposed to vice versa. That's how I would do it. Now, do I think Boone's going to do that? No, I don't. I think he's going to go opposite. But I would bat Soto second and judge third, personally. Or, I mean, Soto gets on base a ton. I'd even consider just batting him one, too. <laughs> in all honesty, I know that some will say, oh, you want guys on in front of him. But I just want to get those two dudes as many as bats as humanly possible this year. 
And I want Soto. I mean, if I could get Soto 600 plate plate appearances in that ball with that ballpark for half of his games, again, I think Soto Soto winning the MVP is very much in play here. In Stanton's shot, right? We're not going to get a resurgence out of Stanton. He just doesn't look quick enough to catch up to the fastball. My my expectation with Stanton is that he's done unless if he shows me something otherwise early in the year. That's my whole expectation with him. Just doesn't look like he can get around on the foul. I mean, the guys that throw really hard, and these guys all throw really hard now. It's just he looks a little – bat looks a little slow. Then he has to cheat on the fastball. I mean, we see this with sluggers as they get older. I mean, the slugger typically doesn't age well. And I, I've always defended him. I thought when he played well for the Yankees, he's you know, gotten some big hits and been a, a good player. Obviously, too many injuries. But seems like, you know, that, that has missed its window where they got him in 20 – after the 2017 season, so 2017 into 2018, and they had a window to win it. It's just – you know what? It's five years later. They haven't added to the team enough, and, and that window might be shut. No, I, I agree. And look, I think one other thing, too, with the Yankees, he, Anthony Rizzo needs to find himself again because obviously he was dreadful last year. If if the Yankees just get a third consistent bat, that's what that what, what will take them from good team, which they are. They, look, they're clearly one of the four best teams in the American League right now. But if you get a big year out of out of a Rizzo or or a Torres, uh, that's what's really important for me at this point. Will any other awards? Anything else you like in baseball? Any over unders? So interesting. We talked to Jason Weingarten earlier in the week on the show. He really liked Ronald Acuna to repeat as the NL MVP. Which look, it's very difficult to repeat in those sort of war awards. And now you have Otani in the league as well on the NL side. But I will I will say this. If you're getting about six to one on Acuna, I actually don't mind that. Now, you I, I think it was you on Twitter brought this up, and I think you might be right. It is a little bit of a dangerous game betting a base stealer. It's a dangerous game. Because Acuna, look, Acuna with these new rules is probably going to steal 60 bases a Jams year. Jams a finger or something. Who knows? Like you jam a, you jam a right finger into a, into a second base on a, on a random July afternoon and have to miss three weeks because of it, it's damaging. Uh, the problem is, as you look at the way the odds are for these for the MVP, like Betts and Otani could split votes. Same with Freddie Freeman, with them all on the same team. So I don't really love betting the Dodgers. And also Otani's not going to pitch this year. So it's not the same as Otani in the past where you're getting both things. Uh, like, if you look down the board, like, you're kind of in a scenario where it's like, if we're throwing darts here, you kind of need to take a dart on a, on a guy that you think a team is going to improve. Like, you're going to have to take a dart on a, on, a, on a Paul Goldschmidt going back to what he was in his MVP or in the Cardinals regressing to the positive on the, from what they were a year ago. We're going to have to, in all honesty – He's not on the board right now. You may want to be rooting for Cody Bellinger to go back to the Cubs. Like you may want to be doing that. Like there's going to be some, there's going to be some weird funky numbers out there with those NL central guys. The problem I have is I don't think those teams are going to be good enough in order to warrant an MVP and they're not going to get much attention this year. Cause that division is going to be mediocre. Uh, but that would probably be the way I would go. I'd probably take a dart on an NL central guy just because that division is going to be weak. And if one team ends up being really good, there's a non-zero chance. Like, let's say the Cubs had just this giant year, Will, and the rest of the division sucks. You That division could end up with the Cubs winning 96, 97 games. Maybe they steal the two seed and they could have an MVP on their team. 
I know he was terrible to end the year after that great first month. Ellie Dela Cruz, 60 to one, probably a year away, maybe a year away. I would say next year is the year to do that. Uh, But that's juicy. I mean, again, like I'm just, just trying to find something here. Like, sure. Like all these, all these, uh, these NL central guys, like, like, William Contreras at forty to one's way too short. Way too short. Like, like you, you're 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 really you're really like struggling. Like Swanson seventy to one. No, he's not winning the MVP. Suzuki. No, he's not winning the MVP at eighty to one. I mean, I wish I knew O'Neill Cruz was going to be a hundred percent, but the problem is the Pirates are going to stink. True. In comparison, yes. even though I think the Pirates are going to be a little bit better, I think the Reds and the Pirates should be a little better, but. Again, it's it's look, it's a tough game and these MVP if you're if you're going down the board, it really is hard to find long range darts that come home. By the way, on the AL side, I mentioned Soto. Soto's only six to one. I actually think that's a pretty fair price still, especially if Judge gets hurt. Soto's gonna be the favorite the moment that would happen. Totally agree. And Soto's pretty uh pretty steady, doesn't miss a lot of games. You know, he's not like he's not a base stealer, so that's that those are you know, every time you steal a base, that's another chance to get hurt, whether it's pulling a muscle, jamming something into a base. So uh, I agree with you. Jeff, you are the best man. I appreciate you coming on. Let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, on the tweets of Jeff Parles, uh, the studio on YouTube, South Point Studio. Go there, subscribe. It's free. Uh, we have three shows on the network now, including mine, which is Sports by the Book. Uh, I'm on Wednesday through Sunday. The show actually is seven days a week now, uh, but Monday through Sunday, 8.30 in the morning Pacific time on the weekend. Weekdays are at 3 o'clock Pacific time and 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we have coverage throughout Vegas this week for the big game, so I'll be out on the lookout for that. What's the final – what do you got for a final score of Super Bowl? 27-17, Kansas City okay. wins it again. Yeah, I'd, expect, I'd be surprised if anyone wins going away. About 10 is – 10 is about like the biggest margin I could see again. Turnovers, anything can happen, but I, I expect we get a good game. Jeff, I appreciate it, man. We'll do it again soon. Thank you for having me, Will. All right, that will do it. Thank you to Jeff Parles. was good to get him on. It was good to mix it up a little too, talk a little baseball because, I mean, just doing Super Bowl after Super Bowl topic, it just it gets a little old. can only do so much of the same game. So did a lot of Super Bowl last week, did the first half of the interview, uh, all, all football. So good to mix up a little. We'll start to do some different things as the Super Bowl and football is eventually behind us. It's never going to be totally behind us because we'll do NFL draft, NFL offseason stuff, but – Baseball around the corner in the middle of basketball. We'll start to do some few, uh, a few different things over the next few weeks. Appreciate you guys listening. Be back Friday. See you then.